Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Mark Matthews, Head of Research Asia at Bank Julius Baer, and welcome to our weekly market update. Well, going by the classic definition of a bear market, which is a decline of 20% or more, the S&P 500 index is in a bear market. It has been in one for a week now, and it's the second time this year that's happened. The first was a span of about five weeks back in the summer. The reason, this time like in the summer, is high interest rates, but Back then, during the summer, the 10-year Treasury yield only got to a high of 3.5%. This time, it's gone all the way up to 3.9%. That's the highest reading since 2010. And what's behind it is a Federal Reserve that in its meeting last week said it is focused on bringing inflation down over all else, all other issues, including the economy itself. And Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said, quote, Inflation is running too hot. You don't need to know much more than that. This committee is committed to getting a meaningful, restrictive policy stance and staying there until we feel confident that inflation is coming down. End of quote. And the way it intends to achieve that is by raising interest rates. Its latest projections show it's going to continue to raise them by another 2% or more. That's way more than the market had anticipated in order to slow the economy down. Mr. Powell also said, quote, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions, end of quote. So the thinking seems to be that if they can slow the economy down, unemployment will go up, wage growth will come down, people will have less money to spend on things, and that in turn brings inflation down. Now I'm sure you've heard the old investor saying, don't fight the Fed. What we can take quite clearly from its messaging is the Fed is entirely committed to one objective, to bring inflation down, and to quote the Wall Street Journal, this is now a single-mandate Fed. Jerome Powell said they will keep at it until inflation gets to 2%. Well, the Fed's own forecasts show they don't think inflation's going to get to 2% until 2025. And that might cause a real recession if rates stay so high between now and then. Although the Federal Reserve's own economic forecasts don't show it expects one to happen, they're looking for 0.2% real GDP growth this year, 1.2% next year, and 1.7% in 2024. Still, we at Julius Baer have gone from being very confident about a soft landing to now thinking the odds of a recession are looking more like 50-50. Although, for the record, Julius Baer's economists also don't think so many rate hikes will be needed because there are already so many signals that inflation is coming down. To pick a few examples from the economy itself, in September, the housing market index, that's a measure of home builder confidence, fell for the ninth straight month to its lowest level since May 2020. That was also the same time that existing home sales got as low as they reached in the month of August. So there's clear signs from the property sector that it's starting to soften. Then the oil price, well, the oil price contributes to inflation in so many ways, directly through transportation, electricity, heating, 
indirectly through foods, plastics, well, that's below $80 a barrel from a high of $123 in March. Then you might recall the supply chains were a big issue for inflation before. Well, container freight rates are down 60% from where they were last September. They're still twice what they were before COVID, but they show no sign of reversing that big precipitous downward trend. And anecdotally, we're hearing from clients who are in the trade-related businesses that they have no problem securing containers, unlike just a few months ago. They're also telling us, though, about sharp drops in demand for their products. Take used cars, for example. Back in January, those were responsible for a sixth of overall inflation. Well, used car prices were down 4% last month. They're down another 3% so far this month. And from the markets, too, there are some signals that inflation should come down. The most obvious one's the break-even rate. The break-even rate's the difference between inflation-protected and nominal yields, and it tells us what the market's inflation expectations are. Well, for the five-year treasuries, inflation expectations were about 2.6% from June until just last week. That means the market was looking for an average inflation rate of 2.6% per year over the next five years, but just in the last week, that's tumbled down to 2.3%, the lowest in 15 months, and way lower than what the core inflation rate is. The Fed generally focuses on core inflation. It strips out food and gas, and that peaked, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, at 6.5% in March. Encouragingly, it had been falling for four consecutive months, then suddenly in August it ticked up to 6.3%, and a wide variety of things were driving that, from restaurants to medical care and vehicle repair. So let's see in the months ahead if the move up in August for the core inflation was the beginning of a new and worrisome trend, or was it just a blip? And the inflation indicators that I told you are going to help bring it down again. Because if it was just a blip, and we do get softer numbers in September and October, then people will start assuming that the Fed won't need to raise rates as much as it's been saying. For the record, there's a company called Trueflation that measures the prices of millions of items across the economy on a daily basis from multiple different sources, and their indicator shows that the inflation rate has continued to fall throughout the months of September. So if it's going to be a down number in September and then again in October, it's possible that when we get the October reading in November, we will have a decent sign that inflation really is cooling, and then the Fed could change its tune. You might think that's unlikely, given how dogmatic the Fed has been, but it shouldn't sound so strange because, in fact, the Fed changes its tune quite regularly. Just think back to its transitory narrative of 2021. To quote the economist Paul Samuelson, when the facts change, I change my mind. People do that all the time, including the Federal Reserve. The issue is that between now and November, well, we're in a bear market. The momentum is negative. And when a market's already down 23%, like the S&P 500 is year-to-date, why can't it go down more, especially because if these kind of moves in interest rates continue, as Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, you discover who's been swimming naked. Usually, the one who's naked is a surprise. There aren't many crises that start with something risky. Realistically, therefore, there's no sign of stabilization yet. Hopefully next week will bring better things, if not next week, then further afield. But I don't want to end on an unhappy note, so to end on a happy one, I'll leave you with two things. The first is that there are now many profitable growth stocks that are trading at historically low valuations. 
And our head of technical analysis, Mensur Pochinsi, says that more than 30% of the S&P 500 members are trading at their 52-week lows, which is very rare, and it means the index is deeply oversold. And when he looked back at other times when the ratio got that low, over the next 12 months, on average, the S&P rose 33%. Who today can explain why the S&P should rise 33% over the next 12 months? Nobody can, of course. There's nothing fundamental that points to such a recovery. Just like in those past times when more than 30% of member companies were trading at their 52-week lows, I'm sure in every one of those, the picture looked pretty grim. We'll only know the reason once it's happened. This is Mark Matthews signing off for now. I wish you a great week ahead and speak to you next Tuesday. Goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.